down to it sounded like a good idea at the time. The, I don't know, bi-weekly podcast where we talk about, I don't know, whatever. My name is Caroline and I thought it was a good idea to try to squeeze in a 15-minute Peloton ride between Zoom calls today <laughs> and got... <laughs> A call from my director. Oh no. Halfway through the ride, which <laughs> I am a heavy sweater, heavy. And I was like eight minutes into the ride and I'm like, this will be fine. I'll, no one will know. And I sprinted into the kitchen where my laptop was to answer this Zoom. And when I tell you, like, thankfully, the kitchen window was kind of blowing me out. So you couldn't tell. Okay. I kept like wipe. I was like so aware of how much I was wiping my face. And I'm like, she's going to think that I'm having withdrawals from something. You're coming down from uh, something without tapering. Yeah. Oh, wow. 100%. And it was like, it was like from 240 to 255. So it's not even like (sighs) I could be like, oh, I just used my my lunch time. No. I I did finish the call in time to finish the ride. Because I'm like, well, now I'm committed. I and gotta like, get back on. Minutes, I should not have been that drenched, but yet here we are. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, I am Mallory, and uh, it seemed like a good idea to wax poetic about missing my son Luke and how he was in school too long and blah blah blah. Because the day after we recorded, uh, he came home from school with a 103 fever. That's that was not great. Lasted for six 24 hour long days. <laughs> that feels like the devil was out to get you directly. Yeah. And like, obviously is a subscriber to the podcast and heard me talking about <laughs> how much I miss Luke and wanted to spend time with him. And he was like, okay, hold my beer. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I love, I love that you're on the other side of that, but yes. I, my heart sank for you so deeply when I knew that was happening and he, he wasn't alone. Right. Because it oh, no. turned into well, a, go he on. Kind, he kind of was the, he, he spent six days alone in his extraordinarily high feverdom. Um, and six on day days seven, is many days, it's many days. And it was like 103 was the lowest fever. Oh like it was gosh. like, it was really bad. Yeah, so then yeah. on day seven, he was fever free and Amen started his six mm-hmm. days of high fevers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, look at you now. Look at me now. No one is feverish. Thank goodness. Do you know what else I thought was a good idea? Tell I me. responded to an Insta story poll that our internet best friend, Caro Chambers, put up with what <laughs> I thought was a great idea. And she called me a sociopath. And now I think we're in a fight. And I have not gotten over it. (laughs) So let's open this up for debate. I'll tag her in this because, again, I do believe that we're soulmates except for our fight now. But that happens with soulmates. Like, look at J-Lo and Ben. (laughs) They look happy all the time. (laughs) Look at them now. They're they're thrilled. (laughs) But so... Caro put up a a poll about when do you do your grocery shopping? Okay. Okay. Easy poll, you know, Saturdays, Sundays, weekdays, whatever. She had gone to Trader Joe's with her two-year-old, I believe, on like a day that she doesn't usually grocery shop. That's my knee right in front of the camera. Like some some curve of my body (laughs) right in the FaceTime camera. Very can-can girl of you. I like it. But – um. I was feeling high on life because I'll tell you what I do now. Hannah and I go out and grocery shop together on Sunday nights and it is lovely. Like a friend date. Oh, I love that. It's a friend date, but we're like knocking out our groceries. And so we each like are going with our different meal plans and like we'll find like usually we try to go to a grocery store we don't usually frequent so we can get like more novel items love it it's very like what could feel like drudgery ends up feeling like a little treat so i respond with like hear me out best friend sunday night groceries together And she was like, you are a sociopath. I hate everything about that. I think it's the worst idea I've ever heard. And I really, it really gutted me. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I'm going to first off, just send my heart out to you. Thoughts and prayers. At Thank, this you. Moment. Um, Thank you. I mean, I also like literally chaperoned my best friend through her very first trip to Costco. 
okay. <laughs> where I think, well, okay. In fairness, it was her second trip because the first trip, she, her husband, her two uh, miraculous children, they walked in and were all just kind of like, ah, ah. Nope, that's uh, too much. And promptly, like, yes. just got it. Like, <laughs> her daughter was like, Mom, where are we? <laughs> what, what is this place? Um, and she, um, so Mary Nevin, my best friend, she is the director of um, a preschool that her kids have gone to. So the Costco membership is associated with the school. So she does a lot of like, you know, they need toilet paper, they need paper towels, they need yes. snacks for the little kids. Fine. Okay, so yeah, a lot of like, she's just going to go and do the, and use it for business basically. Mm-hmm. But, but after that moment of, of her daughter just being like, what portal to hell did we travel through? I was like, look, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll walk yeah. you through. Like, here's, here's my strategy. Here's how I do it. Mm-hmm. So it, it ended up being like, you know, us on an outing yeah. and me kind of like coaching her through, like, this is not scary. Look, the produce, look, right. there's organic. Oh, just like, oh, look, beautiful cheeses. Like, oh, mm-hmm. just walking her through the highlights and kind of steering clear of like the, the like multi packs of sweatpants is not really. What. I don't know though those sweatpants. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest the the Costco clothing section is a large percentage of my wardrobe. All right, all right. See, I have not even. I, I have not ventured. Don't hate on it. Okay, the Danskin leggings, very good. Oh, okay, Danskin's legit though. That's a I know. Decent I know. Brand. It is. They have oh, wow. um they have like surprisingly good things, which. I know like there are lots of memes of like, once you start buying Costco clothes, there is no going back, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm encouraging you on your next Costco outing. Just spend, just dabble in it and just, just see what you find. Okay. Yeah. Just, just grab a Danskin legging and see where that takes you. It's a gateway. Okay. okay. A gateway. I love it. Oh, so yeah. Well, so anyway, I do encourage groceries with girlfriends I because I feel like, and this is absolutely zero reflection on my husband. <laughs> I feel like... I like ration my nights out where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go out with friends three days a week or whatever. Like I'm, I tally in my head how often I'm out, which is like once a month. It's very rare, but I'm like, oh, it doesn't count in my own scorecard. If I'm just doing something for the house, which I am, I would be doing this anyway. It's not like an extra thing. Um, and it it's a it's a friend time. And yeah. also like sometimes I get a little itchy just sitting across from somebody just yeah. talking. Like I like to be doing stuff. So anyway, yeah. it's a win-win across the board. So you know what? You can even rebrand it as like you're taking a walk with your friend. Like I go yeah. for walks with my friend Cat all the time. It's like yeah. it's really nice to be in motion, to be mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. like you're I don't want to say multitasking, because like I don't want to like utilize quality time as multitasking, but like, yeah, I use our time podcasting to totally work through shit that oh, I haven't gotten to in therapy. So we totally, we totally multitask, but well, um, I like I this also, idea. Yeah. I also, um, again, don't have a therapist currently. So that is something I'm aware of, but it's me, I guess, I, right? Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, this in, in all of these listeners, <laughs> the devil, perhaps, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Who gave my children a fever virus. Yes, established as a listener, a friend of the pod. Um, I feel like I am more easily, easily vulnerable when I'm not sitting making eye contact with somebody. Oh my gosh. It's one of my mom's fundamental philosophies of parenting. She's like, if I need to have a really important conversation, or if I really want to make a connection with one of my kids, we drive somewhere together. Driving because you can't make eye contact. You can't make eye contact. She's like, it Mm -hmm. is, it takes so much of the pressure off Mm -hmm. from having that like direct connection, that boring into each other. For Um, sure. You can't see, yeah. Like if you shift in your seat, you probably can see it peripherally, but like you can't see any facial reactions. It's just, it's a lot. Um, just the stakes are lower physically so you can connect more. It's like my mom swears by that as like, yeah. this is a way to, to take the pressure off if it needs to be something meaningful or intense. So, well, try it groceries with girlfriends and just see like, as you're like shopping in the cheeses, like yeah. what happens, what unfolds for you. It's that. nice. It's I nice. That. Um, it would definitely be a change for me because typically when I'm grocery shopping, um, I'm trying to like work myself out of this first off. Amy only goes to school um, like nine to 12. So it's not okay. that much of my day. And I do, this, you do pick up and drop off. It's like, 
that's another 30 minutes gone. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of keep doing this thing of like, I got to shop when he's not with me. Cause it's not going to be fun if he's with me, mm-hmm. which like he loves grocery shopping. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't like him grocery shopping with me because we end up buying a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want that's, that's on my whole I, list. I like being with my kids because they like grocery shopping, but but $300 later. <laughs> and then I feel like every aisle I'm like negotiating and exactly. I do not like to always be a no parent. But yeah. then I feel like by the fourth aisle, I'm like, no, like they open their mouths and I'm like, no, exactly. but they're no, loving no, it. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm I'm just trying to work myself out of the, that default of like, I can't go with him and my time solo away from my kids needs to be like in service to our household or needs Mm -hmm. to be productive. Um, but truly my, my grocery runs are key podcast time, um, of just catching up and like gasping in the barbecue sauce aisle being like, wait a second. What is this news? Mandy Matney is breaking to us. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's talk about this because I was going to bring this up. So we got the breaking news. I don't know. An hour ago. Should we do, should we do like, I did like beep, 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 beep. You're like, that's our little sound effect. I did it. I did it. Okay. Okay. I don't even need to, cause that was so good. But, um, Alec Murdoch, Murdoch is Murdoch, Murdoch. he is guilty as hell, and we knew it. Guilty. Everybody with ears to listen to Mandy Matney's um, probably Pulitzer Prize winning vocal prize. I hate that you continue to name drop this woman. I cannot stand. You turned me on to this podcast. I know all you, and I I remember when you recommended, you were like, "All right, this story is." bananas it is this reporter question mark journalist question mark <laughs> who is the host is groundbreaker bananas. she is i mean i i have never taken a journalism class in my life <laughs> but i do know that there are like foundational truths about being a journalist mm-hmm. for example don't talk about your personal opinions <laughs> Don't don't make snarky side comments about, about every other journalist who everybody. ever dared to have a profession. I just she is so um there's it's very well researched and yet I also think she's so bad at this job. But yeah, anyways, I've, I've just been so captivated by the story like every person else on the planet and yeah. and she's just like probably the worst way for me to get this content into my brain. So I stopped listening to the podcast because once I determined that she had zero redeeming value to me other than introducing me to the podcast, like the problem here. So if you haven't listened to the Murdoch Murders podcast, I hesitate to recommend it. There is now a documentary on Netflix, which Mandy Matney hates. So like she does not support it, which means she's not involved, which to me means I support it. So (laughs) she seemingly was the only person who have ever... Who has ever heard of the Murdochs, the only person with knowledge about the Murdochs and brought it to the masses. Now, the problem is that she did it first and did it with very poor quality. (laughs) Every every other person also had the story, but thought we should make this good first. But she really is a lesson in like, just do it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So I... Loved the story so much. And then she was my only option. So I sent it to you and was oh, yeah. like, here, here we are. It wasn't her vocal fry that bothered me. It did. But the thing that really bothered me was her self-importance. And like, oh maybe goodness, I yes. have some lessons to learn here. But like, this is when I should plug. Like, I'm drinking an Olipop right now. My favorite late night treat with a little bit of cream in it. If you too would like to contribute to my habit of drinking Olipops with a little bit of cream so that Mallory and I can produce an episode every couple weeks, you can just Venmo me at Caroline Dashery. And that keeps Olipops in my glass. It keeps jelly beans in Mallory's pinatas. It's that, it's that like crack job of, I don't know, of podcasting. Yeah. But then I had to stop because I realized I am supporting this person's delusions about herself. Yes. 
But then I also still had no options. So I was really glad when the trial started because I'm like, oh, then the actual news will tell me things. I don't have to wait for me exactly. to like spend 30 minutes complaining about how everyone else now also shares the news. Yes. Luckily, yeah. And, and luckily she is one of the podcasts where like, I can listen on two times speed. So like this morning. I cannot imagine the assault on your soul listening to her in two times speed. <laughs> It's, I get through the, the trauma quicker. Um, you know, I just, it's just fast trauma. It, better. It's, it's ripping a bandaid off instead of peeling it off. So, okay. um, I don't know. I just, I was so happy to, not, I don't know. Happy is not the right word at all. Just, but like anybody else who's followed the case and anyone seeing the news that he's guilty, everyone just goes, oh, okay, yes, well, this is the- right. I and now I don't like, have to listen to her podcast anymore. We're done. I don't need her to tell me he's guilty. Yeah, that's what Kate, you think. That's what you told think. me. So. I feel like I want to write a memo to whom it may concern in the U.S. justice system. <laughs> and like that man did not need to go on trial. Like um, we, we knew. We all knew. We all so, like, knew. I get, I get it. Like the innocent until proven guilty. He did. We didn't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just some like nice entertainment and content for everyone, which I do appreciate. Yeah. I do appreciate them serving us for once, but yes. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, what else are you watching or consuming in your ears or eyes? Consuming. Uh, I, I just, I have to apologize to you. I am still, I am on an audiobook kick. Okay, I was going to bring up audiobooks. Okay. We drove to Knoxville last weekend yeah. for my sister's baby shower. Yay. I took two children with me, none of whom slept in the car. Fabulous. It was great. But I did at some point plug them into like, we don't have iPads or anything, but I unearthed like a Kindle Fire tablet with a cracked screen that they Beautiful. hadn't seen in like three years. <laughs> and so downloaded some things. Uh, Molly Sutton doesn't matter. She's yeah, she's fine. She yeah. matters. But um, Nora Beth watch that with headphones on. I was like, oh, I'm done with, I don't have any new episodes of my favorite new podcast, which is called I'm Not a Monster about Shamima Begum, a London schoolgirl who left with her three friends from London to join ISIS and become like ISIS brides. Oh, I've heard of this. Okay. Oh, okay. It's produced by the BBC. Okay. It's unbelievable the first season i thought was the best thing i've ever heard the second season it's as good um okay anyway but i didn't have a new episode and so i was like you know i've got some books because i think i told you last episode i couldn't get into any books so i was like i'll start this on audio okay mallory i i don't know i listened to two hours of this thing on audiobook and then i got home and i was like do i want to either read or listen to any more of this no huh I just can't get into it. I did read a book that I would highly recommend called okay. An Anonymous Girl. Okay. It's by a co-authors uh, named something. Um, you can look it up. Hang okay. on. They had written, they'd written <laughs> another book that I read called The Wife Between Us that was really oh, good. I've seen that cover. Okay. Yeah. So Greer <laughs> Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen. Cool. Um, and it is very interesting about a therapist who's holding uh, – a study on morality and ethics, but then it like dives into like, why is she actually doing this study? Um, What is her ulterior motive? How did she choose the girl that she chose to be her study? Very good. So then I started uh, the candid life of Mina Davies on audiobook. I don't know. Can't get into it. Tell, tell me what you're listening to so I can maybe try it. I cannot, cannot. So, so I, well, I'm going to tell you what I'm listening to, but then I will make a recommendation to you. Um, so I am listening to a book uh, that was recommended by a friend. It's called Widow Widowland. Okay. Uh, it's by C.J. Carey. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. drawing from my very large well of loving, you know, World War One or World War Two adjacent stories with a plucky female protagonist in London slash Great Britain. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's basically, um, it's a, it's a what if story if Nazi Germany had won. Okay. 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 Um, I read a book, one of like a a truly amazing, amazing book that I read many, many years ago was called fatherland. It's Mm -hmm. kind of in the same imagined universe. Um, 
you know, the Germans win. This is how Europe is reshaped. This is how the world order is reshaped. Um, specifically with Widowland, um, they implement, uh, you know, the regime or like the alliance, you know, they're very much like we are an alliance of peace. (laughs) Cool. Um, but they basically implement a caste system for women in England where, you know, the top level women, um, are beautiful and are allowed a certain level of education and their prime, um, like wives and mothers, they can have jobs, they can this and that. And kind of going on down the line of like women who work in service jobs in hotels and restaurants, and then all the way down to the women who are banished to widow land, which is okay. like, you know, unmarried or widowed women, or basically just like older women. Cause like, you're not able to have kids anymore. So you serve no use to the realm. Like you right, can't, right. you can't produce, uh, you know, heirs to this great, uh, alliance. And she, um, the main character Rose, her job is she works in the ministry of culture and her job is basically editing literature to take out anything subversive. Interesting. And she, and it's just really, it's really interesting because she's like, you know, she sort of does some flashbacks about like when the conflict started and, you know, England sort of, you know, didn't give up, but kind of was like, yes, let's broker a peace, but it was really giving over control. And, you know, and then kind of this idea of, okay, I'm in this role of editing literature, but in order to edit the literature, I, I have to read it. I have yeah. to hear, um, you know, there's these, these brilliant writers talking about love and relationships and society and wealth or poverty, just sort of how do I, how do I edit little women to to not say, um, she's like, you know, the ending was great because she got married and had boys and educated boys. Like, and And they're like, cool. But, um, but so it's it's very, um, I'm just about halfway through and I'm really enjoying it. Um, the narrator is great. She's British, um, and she—I want to say she does different voices for different characters. Oh, see, that's a no for me. Not in a, and, and like it usually is not, and particularly in this because like some of them are British accents and some of them are like the German accent of the English that language. Gives me like yeah. literal like heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> is it my poor German accent? I don't or know. Just, in general? <laughs> just generally, in general. just generally. So yeah, it's it's. I would not recommend this to you on audio because of those mm-hmm. things. It is not dis- disruptive or distracting to me. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. And I just, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. Um, the one that I would like to recommend you try on audiobook. Um, I have not listened on audiobook, but a lot of people, particularly because the show version of it is coming out tomorrow. You're going to say Daisy Jones and the Six. I am. Do you like Taylor Jenkins Reid? here's my problem with life Mallory yes yes I do like Taylor Jenkins Reid except I had read one of her books because before she became Taylor Jenkins Reid and everyone loved everything that she put her hands on and you know I can't do hype books I get to whatever and this is my problem this is not anyone else's problem and I just need to get off of my high horse about it but I have not read Daisy Jones and the Six but I did read yeah, now I have to see. I've read several of hers and I yeah. love her. Okay. Um, there, there has been nothing that I've read of hers that I didn't like, but I yeah. just, even today I heard, I must have heard on Pandora. Um, oh, One True Loves was the very first one of hers that I read and it was a yeah. long time ago. Then yeah. obviously finally got over myself to read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, and which I loved. I, I loved mean, it's flawless. Book. It's flawless. And you know, they're casting it now and I'm like almost sad that they're yeah. doing anything I'm like no no it's I so know. perfect it truly um, is such a perfect book that I can't like I know I just I my heart goes out to whomever is cast in it because mm-hmm. the I don't want to say the criticism but like the the critical eye with which yes. people approach that book is a masterpiece it was so I know good. I for a bit was stuck on Celia for Molly Sutton because I read oh, yeah. it when I was pregnant with Molly Sutton and I yeah. was like Celia can you 
be so pretty. Um, but I did read recently, I, I might have told you, maybe not. Um, I read one of her short stories, yes. Evidence of the Affair, yeah. and it was amazing. So I do need to read Daisy Jones, but okay. I just haven't. I haven't okay. gotten around. Cool. So a, a writer who I follow on Instagram, she's written for just a bunch of different magazines. She is so excited for the book, has read the book and basically did a reread of it by a audiobook and said it's okay. Great. I could I could probably get behind that, especially because I know the format that the book is written exactly. in. And so I think I could do that one. Yeah. Because yeah, because, you know, for anyone who is living under a rock has not read it, it's it's really, you know, it's it's all the different characters who are in a band and adjacent to this band have a point of view at some point in the book. So mm-hmm. it, it is intended to jump around. So that may be one that um that may work for you yeah, as yeah, yeah. an audiobook. That. But um but I remember when I I sort of started this, I, I also really think if there is a memoir or like mm-hmm. nonfiction you're interested in, because it's not somebody acting then, it's somebody just telling. So maybe if you that's a, choose to use spare as an example. I will hang up from I this. I will. I will just say <laughs> broken broken horses by Brandy Carlisle, and I think on oh, my yeah. list is going to be Jessica Simpson's because I I am still late to the game yes. on her book. Um, I also have not read hers, but would do that via audiobook. Yes. I think I do think that that's a difference. Yeah, a memoir I would do, or like right read by the author, or like this is this is real. This is me recounting a story. I feel like it's going to be. For me, the two um, memoirs I listened to on audiobook, it added something to it mm-hmm. because you had the actual person's literal voice, not just their written voice, but their actual Right, and then I feel voice. like what they're emoting is genuine and authentic and yeah. not, again, I, I have said this ad nauseum, and I, again, I, I know that this is a me problem. It just feels like bad community theater, and oh, yeah. I need yeah. to get past that. Yeah, yeah I get it. But so. I am interested if I will jump back into Mina Davies. Um, She is a woman of, she does not know what descent she is. Um, If she's Indian or Pakistani, she doesn't know because she was adopted by Midwestern white parents. Oh, okay. And an Indian woman who she's never met leaves her her apartment. And so it's talking through one, it's like trying to figure out who, why she was left this apartment and who that is. Um, And the building has all of these rules. Like she she can't just sell it. She can only sell it to someone in the building who will buy it. Um, There are all these like parameters. And so there's all, uh, but only Indian families live in the building. And so they're like, so you must be Indian. And she's like, I don't, have no idea. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. She doesn't want to tell them. She doesn't know. Hmm. And they're like, "Oh, so maybe Pakistani." And she's like, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. Um, so the reader of the audiobook has a beautifully rich, lovely accent. It's all very lovely to listen to. It might be one that I just need to read. Okay. I don't know. I'm, t- I'm two hours into the audio. I even tried to listen to it on two speed. Hated that. Tried on one and a half speed. Hated that. Okay. I don't know. I'll keep you posted. Maybe I'll try okay. that as an exercise. Yeah. Because I've got it downloaded now. Yeah. So yeah, to, to, to circle back to the, what are you watching? What are you listening to? I'm listening to Wittaland um, and watching. I'm just really excited um, to, my husband's away this week, but when he gets back, we're totally going to start watching Mandalorian season three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that is very much a thing we love. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Daisy Jones and the Six. I honestly, when... I started seeing that they were making it, you know, adapting it to the screen. I was like, okay, sure. Fine. But like, I'm also, but like now that it's like the marketing is getting to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I really, I really did like this book and it's, oh yeah, this looks really good. Okay. Let me, let me, let me just see, let me get into it and see. Um, so I really, I really hope. And I think, you know, we were talking about seven husbands. I think if Daisy Jones's screen adaptation is good if it's a success mm-hmm. um i think that will kind of put my heart at ease for seven husbands because do you know what role um taylor jenkins reed played in the adaptation i listened to something and i think no. it was it was i think it was actually the dumois podcast okay actually i really do you follow dumois Mm-mm. do you know who dumois is i do i just try to anything that can veer a little um, 
toxic. I just try to not follow because my brain can go there way too easily. Interesting. So I don't view her as toxic because I like, she just, if you send something, she doesn't like verify her sources, but there are also many things she would not post about. So like people will send in stuff that they know about celebrities and she will post it. If it doesn't violate one of her personal rules, like outing somebody, something about children. Yeah. 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 But I like it because she takes no role in it in like, it's neither verified nor not verified. And I believe everything she posts, so I don't know. But her podcast is interesting because it gives you some like she usually has guest hosts, and it gives you some like behind the scenes on Hollywood, which I'm interested in. But yeah. she had Whitney Cummings on, oh, yeah. who I don't think I'm either way about. Yeah. Um, but they were talking about and now I don't remember, so it doesn't make a great point. But no, there was Taylor, some... is Taylor Jenkins Reid involved in. Yes, but but they were talking about another production. And so like keep on splashing you in the snake out. But um, I can't remember what the production was, but they were saying like there was toxicity on the set and somebody was difficult to work for who was like some famous writer. It wasn't Taylor Jenkins read it. Maybe it was Leon Moriarty actually, but it was talking about it can be really hard when the author of a book is then hired to be the writer of the screenplay sure. because those are very different writing styles, yeah. techniques, whatever. Yeah. And so you do want the author involved, but not so closely involved because like they wrote their book. That's what they want to see. Right. They want their whole book up there right. and that's not how it goes. So I was just interested if you had any understanding of what TJR played in the production. No, I don't know. I do not know, but I know that um, my, my, my very first TGR was Seven uh, Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And How do you ever top that? Like, I almost feel like I have to be done because it was I so know. perfect. And I have to tell you, too, the the situation in which I read it was also perfect. Basically, mm. last year for my birthday, well, for Christmas birthday, you know, I, I basically just give John a gift list and whatever. We, we've talked about this. My birthday is yeah. 10 days after Christmas. So I said, I really want <laughs> all I want. Don't get me any things. I really want a overnight stay at a hotel mm-hmm. that has a bathtub big enough for me to fill to the top and soak in. Yep. That's what I want. I want to go mm-hmm. away for a night. <laughs> and yeah. I got that. There was this hotel in Greenwich, Connecticut that I just, you know, drove 30 minutes mm-hmm. away from my house, <laughs> checked into a hotel. I got room service. I got bath salts. I could, had a bottle of wine and Taylor Jenkins reads. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, that's lovely. I read that book is what four hundred something pages. Yes. I, you know, from check in, maybe I checked in at four o'clock mm-hmm. to like the, however long it took. I just I spent hours. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't turn the television on in this hotel room. That's amazing. I turned the the tap on and I called the kitchen to get room service. It was like the greatest, mm-hmm. the greatest gift. That sounds like literal heaven to yeah. me. And I just started a book and re- in one sitting, um, you know, partly in a really hot tub and partly in a bed lying in a, in a hotel bathroom. Yeah. I just read that book in like just pure relaxation luxury. So it like has this extra magical, Yeah, like an extra haze of... Of magic, uh, yeah. the lavender haze, you know, just yeah, that's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, that is that is great. Now yeah. I'm jealous of you for that experience. Even though, I mean, I think any reading of that book is just really it's good. Yeah, I would great. I would read it on my kitchen floor, but um, yeah. But also that that experience in general was a very um a very specific gift mm-hmm. that my husband mm-hmm. was able to execute. Just and like he oh, didn't even know the added gift of you having the chance to read that oh, book when you did. I yeah. mean, that, he couldn't have planned that. He so congratulations to yeah. John. Yes, and well also, done. sorry that you'll never be able to top that. John. <laughs> um, That's great. Well, yeah. I think I talked on the last episode about how we have really been blown away by the programming on Apple Plus lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, I continue. We're now on our 
fourth show in a row from okay. Apple Plus that they just like fly under the radar. Like I love Netflix shows. Again, I will watch the Murdoch Murders documentary soon, but I feel like they put a lot of money behind the hype of their shows and yeah. Apple Plus is just like, maybe you'll find it, maybe yeah. you won't. But um, we watched Bad Sisters like I, I talked about last time. Yeah. We finished Blackbird, which was unbelievable uh then we just finished the first season of slow horses that has okay. gary oldman in it oh, serious okay. black. Yeah. um and it took me a while to get into it i think maybe i needed a buffer between blackbird and slow horses but we finished the first season and there's a second season and it was very good and then last night we started shrinking by or not by anybody it's with harrison <laughs> ford and yes. Jason Siegel. Yeah. Um, we loved it and okay. I cannot wait to watch it soon. Okay. Have you watched it? I have not. It is absolutely on my short list. Um, yeah. It just looks amazing. And also, you know, we're, we're Star Wars nerds. We'll watch anything Harrison Ford's in. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I just think it looks... The, the idea of it and the story of it sounds super compelling and like the collection of people who are in... I don't know. Sometimes you see a cast of people like... This is going to sound mean, but like, I will never again need to watch Julia Roberts and George Clooney do anything together. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen they're they're yeah. best friends. I, I get it. Fine. Right. You're, you're friends with each other. Um, I don't know. I just think there's something like magical about the novelty of mm-hmm. chemistry. Novelty yes. meaning like pe- people you wouldn't expect to really click mm-hmm. in an ensemble and really work together. Like truly who would have like, Yes, Steve Martin and Martin Short have been doing this forever. Yeah. Who knew that Selena Gomez would elevate <laughs> right. that duo? I mean, they are all so excellent on yeah. Only Murders in the Building. So it's like, I, I can't wait to see all I've heard about all of the members of this cast, Jason Siegel, yeah. Harrison for everyone else. It's like every person on this show is just such a um, ensemble player of the entire story. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to watching it. If you are into cast chemistry, I cannot recommend Hacks on HBO Max more highly. It is uh, starring Gene Smart, who is a legend. And it's almost like she's playing herself. She isn't, but she is playing a stand-up comedian who like headlines in Vegas and has for years. It's like her show. Yeah. And she's starting to tank a little bit as new acts are coming on. And so her agent hires this young writer to help her with jokes. Yeah. And their chemistry is a delight to okay. watch on screen. Like, I think that we, like the story is good. There are two seasons, maybe three now. Um, But David and I could not get enough of like, Jean Smart and this actress who I don't even know her name. But again, I would follow Jean Smart to the ends of the earth is what I do know now. Yes. Yeah. She's one of my like, like drinks with broads, like her Christine Baranski. God, Christine uh, Baranski is. Helen Helen Mirren. I would just follow, I would follow them off a cliff like a lemming. I just would. And just be like, yes, you are fabulous. Can I have that? A hundred percent. Can I please have that caftan on the way down to our plummeting death? (laughs) Well, then I think that you would love hacks. And so I do recommend that for you. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's see. What else do we have to discuss? I wanted to, I, I literally was like, I'm going to post about it on my Instagram. No, 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 wait. I will wait. I will wait until we podcast. <laughs> podcast. Exactly. Um, I, speaking of gifts that John got me. So last year was the, uh, the hotel room with a tub and Taylor Jenkins Reed. And this year I was like, I would like the experience of getting my Peloton professionally fitted. Like okay. basically, so what that means for people who don't have a Peloton or honestly who do like the Peloton, you can adjust your seat in a bunch of different directions. You can adjust your handlebars. And basically, you know, there's like a tutorial when you get your bike of like how to measure it for yourself. But there is one instructor who's part of the Peloton team. His name's Matt Wilpers. Um, he runs the power zone program and he's like a professional triathlete in addition mm-hmm. to doing uh, Peloton stuff. So he's really like, he's very technical. Like he's a cyclist. He's not mm-hmm. a spinning instructor. He, he does that now too, but he's a, um, I don't want to say he's an athlete. Cause I do think they all are. He's, he's a cyclist. That's his, yes. his 
training and his background. So he has a team, you know, he helps other people like train for cycling races, triathlons, et cetera. And one of the services that they offer is bike fittings. So basically, mm-hmm. um, it was $150 and one out, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And one of his staff members basically zoomed into my garage where yeah. my Peloton lives. And we just did a whole, you know, like a, a physical, you know, like yeah. you go into a physical, they take your vitals, they check how you're growing, all this kind of stuff. It was kind of like that. But for me and the bike, yeah, it was so interesting and so technical and so unbelievably helpful. Um, I loved it. I just... I, I just really enjoyed the experience. So there is a guy here in Charlotte yeah. who comes. He's not like part of Team Wilpers, but he worked in bike shops in Charlotte forever and ever. So yeah. like true cyclists here yeah. knew him. Like go see Simon. Simon will fix your bike. But then during the pandemic, he shifted to include Peloton fittings because oh, it had cool. taken off. And so sure. people were like, where can I get it fit? So for Christmas last year, it must have been, I asked for a gift card for a Simon fitting. Again, yeah. no idea what to expect. Yeah, He came over 45 minutes to an hour. He had yeah. me like do a pedal stroke, do whatever. And it was so interesting because he asked me how many rides I had done. And at that time I had done 300. And he was like, that is so interesting because I always see people in like their first 20 rides. Like they want it like right off the bat to get fitted correctly. Interesting. And he was like, it's interesting to work with somebody who has been riding it for a while. And now you're used to how you feel on it and you've made your own adjustments. But he spent a lot of time, interestingly enough, working on the placement of my cleats yeah, under, which yeah. I would have never thought yeah. but about how my feet were on the pedals. Yeah. Because I'm like, how is this going to take a long time for him to just tell me what height to be right. on? Like he spent a lot of time with the cleats and yeah. that was such an interesting, and I could like get real like hashtag women's ministry about it. it's the small things you don't see that make <laughs> the biggest difference in your stride of faith. Like I could get, I'm very good at the women's ministry devotional, yeah. but like it was really a cool thing to do for myself. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, he started off, um, yeah, we did my cleats also. And he started off with like, just sort of looking at me do a squat and then like do mm. some leg lifts and then do, just kind of like looking how my body moves and looking mm-hmm. how I control my body. And then I think particularly with the squat, like you think about like the kind of the Z of like your foot there's an angle to your shin. There's an angle at your knee to your quad. There's an angle at your hip oh, to your sure. torso. So kind of looking at that and he really wanted me like, and then once I got on the bike, he was like, okay, here is how when your foot is at the top of the pedal stroke, it should be looking like the angles of your squat. He, now I, my, I'm sitting like beside my Peloton. Right? Now I want to get on it and out. see if I'm doing that. Yeah. So it was really you know, obviously I was trying to ask as many questions as I could mostly so we can maximize this $150. So I can, uh-huh. now, get, I can now give John his own fitting for the bike because yes, he rides also. Sure. Um, but it was, I mean, truly that kind of thing where like, like one of the adjustments he made was um, moving my seat further away from the handlebars. Mm-hmm. And basically what that did is it made the the angle of my like my knee angle. So like my quad to my knee to my shin and calf, it made that angle go from like an acute angle to a square angle. Okay. Okay. And then I started pedaling and I was like, Oh, that wasn't even a pain point for me, but this feels more right. Got it. Have you noticed any changes in your output or performance since then? Absolutely. Yeah. I That's really so have. Fascinating. I really, really have. Um, I definitely, my handlebars were way too high also. Mm-hmm. And so he like asked me to put them down. I got on the bike and I was like, oh, I am falling over. This yeah. does not feel right. And he's like, cool. All right. Put it back up. And I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm on a pogo stick. Like now <laughs> I'm really, I'm really like bouncing on the bottom way too high up. So we readjusted back to like a lower handlebar setting and I could feel like I felt muscles in my legs and my butt engaged more of like, obviously this bike isn't going anywhere. It's a stationary exercise bike. But when he like tilted the, when my hit, the handlebars went down. And so therefore my weight tilted more, I felt like I was moving forward more than just sitting on straight roll in my legs. So it, it was just a really, like 
nerdy, fascinating, really interesting experience. And a hundred percent, it was, there's actually a ride you and I have both done. It's like a 10 minute, that 10 minute Camila intervals ride. Oh yeah, like, that's hard as hell. It's hard. I did that a couple days before I got the fitting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, John, I, I got to take that again. It's 10 minutes. Yeah. I have to take that again. Cause I've taken so many rides at this point and I have done power zone. So like, even if I take a 20 minute class, um, I will never come close to my FTP rides. They're just like sure. the hardest classes on the Peloton platform. So I think I just want to go back and take that, you know, cause my fitness hasn't changed in the last 10 days necessarily. Right, um, right, right. So I feel like I want to go back and take that ride. Cause that will be a, a like a before bike fitting yeah, output. It's like a baseline. Yeah, exactly. So I can really compare. So I will, I will compare back because, cause I can feel, I can really, really feel a difference in my body. So. Well, so I, kicked off the year. It wasn't a resolution, but my friend Brooke and I are both members. Are you a member of the Hardcore on the Floor Facebook group for Peloton? Oh, for Peloton. No, I'm I'm not. I'm not hardcore. Uh, sorry. sorry. Yes. Let me. Uh, <laughs> there is a Peloton Facebook group called Hardcore on the Floor that is run by a personal trainer who puts together calendared workouts based on the Peloton platform that like she'll recommend basically she'll make a whole plan for you okay. to maximize strength and fitness of like, cool. and by you, the entire group. A user. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's for free and it's nice where it'll be like, do this 20 minute hit ride followed by this bar and this whatever. Cool. I've been part of the group for a long time and never done the calendars because I was like, I don't have time to do a 60 minute workout every day (laughs) and got really like stuck on that. And then my friend Brooke and I were talking and we were like, we should do more strength. And she did like the two day arm challenge and I had no interest in that. And then I like started the crush your core program. And I also lost interest because I'm like, if I have 20 minutes, then I'm not doing that. I'm not doing core for 20 minutes. No. Well, and also I am a cardio junkie that if I, and working out, I want it to be sweaty and heart rate Same. elevated. Yeah. But we decided to start adding some. And we've now basically made our own hardcore on the floor, which again, I cool. hate that name. Yeah, it's, it's, but we, it's we do stacks that we send each other of like yeah. these. We're obsessed with Cali. I think I told you like yeah. I am. Cali is for me strength that Camila, Bradley and Kendall are for me on the bike. The bike yeah. um, so... It's been interesting because suddenly I am working out close to 60 minutes a day. And sometimes it's like separated, like a 10 minute glutes and legs yeah. during my lunch break, followed by a five minute core, followed by whatever. Followed and by then, a, a 15 minute call that your boss calls yeah, in the middle whatever. of. Whatever. It's a 15 fine. minute ride, not call. And I'm an excellent employee. And yeah. I do want that to be what we take away from On the record, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's been interesting how much... I enjoy now the strength part of it. I still prefer to pair it with cardio, but to be so aware of my body in a different way, because I do feel like I can get on the bike and check out and my body just does it partially because it's literally clipped in and the bike doesn't. (laughs) That's what it is. But what has been interesting too, is I think I told you that I had not been drinking at all. Like I, the last time I had a drink was Christmas day. And then I started drinking these Olipops at night. Instead, they have a lot of fiber. They're very good. And I was like, you know, I don't need to drink. But what I learned about myself in an interesting way is I got so wrapped up in like, but I don't have drinks anymore. I just, I don't like, I can't go anywhere because I'm not drinking anymore, which like, I'm not trying to be sober. I just... In my mind, it was, I wasn't doing that anymore. So I went out to dinner last night for a friend's birthday with some friends. And I was like, I mean, I guess I just won't drink. And it was so weird to check in with myself of like, but do you want to? And like, would that be fine? But it's my sense of I'm not doing this became then like this moral issue of right and wrong of like, but if I have a glass of wine tonight, then I'm drinking again. But I didn't stop drinking because it was a problem. I just stopped was working out late and whatever was trying to be aware of what I was putting in my body. And so I had two glasses of wine last night and I felt great. But then I was like, am I going to regret it in the morning? It was such a weird, like mental hang up for myself of like, this is not morally wrong. 
nor do my like values believe that it is wrong. Yeah. But why am I so stuck on because I'm doing this good thing for my body? There's only one good way to be. It was, again, that's probably a whole other episode, but help me work through why that is. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, first off, I love that you are doing more weight. I know that we've sent pictures back and forth of like, this is not me getting on the scale, but like, look at how my body is changing because I am stronger. And I love that. Oh yes. I have been taking progress photos and that has made such a difference. That has made such a difference for my psyche than just weigh. Than the scale. Cause the scale Mm -hmm. can lie to us all the time, but like literally looking at your body changing because of work you're putting in, that doesn't, that's not a lie. Um, and it's so interesting. I I'm really harking back to I mean, a conversation you and I have had and like a through line with many things of that Anne Helen Peterson piece on gamification. I think about that a lot. You know, I think about it so much. There's so many times in my life where I'm like, is this what I feel? Is this what I think? Or is this me taking something that's happened regularly and, and assigning, um, completionary value to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really what came up for me. And you saying that of like, I haven't since X day. And if I want to, then, then I've broken it's going to be like another two and a half months before I get here again. But like, even then it was like, well, I'm like more hesitant to like make plans with a friend to go out and get drinks because like, I like having a glass of wine at dinner. It was a, but I think back to that about gamification a lot and the competitive drive within myself. Like yesterday I did like over the course of the day, I think 75 minute workout. I felt great today. My body felt less good, like more run down. So I did that 15 minute, well, eight minute than six (laughs) minute ride. And then I was like, well, I'll do a 30 minute ride tonight. And I'm like, this, that's not what the point of this is. Like my body felt great after that 15 minute ride. Let me just I'm like, be- but yesterday I did yeah. more and I'm like, what does it matter? Yeah. But it, I dig it. I think of anything that I've read, that piece has stuck with me in a more convicting way yes. than anything. And even if it like didn't change the fact that I was like, I'm not ever having a glass of wine again. And I'm like, why not? Like yeah. there, there's maybe, nothing. Maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah. And that's fine. And there shouldn't be like angst about it like that seems to be the problem that yeah. I have assigned now angst to a decision that I'm now taking what I would choose to do yeah over but I'm like oh and Helen was right yeah as always as always and it's just that that kind of that that like iciness in your core when you're like oh wait but but is this mm-hmm. is am I gonna am I gonna miss something am I gonna mess up? Am I going to slide backwards? Am I going to reset the clock? Am I going to reset the timer? It's kind of that like, and I, and I don't know what the pathology or psychology is behind it, but yes, I know, like, I know that you and I having read that article, it's, you know, gamification is the word that pops up. And then I'm sure, I'm sure there's more, um, personality traits and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, coping mechanisms and all that, that, we just plug into this overall uh, dashboard of gamification. Well, it is because even like you just did my 700th ride alongside me and I was so proud and I got to 700 really quickly, but I was also like, well, does it really count? Because I've been doing these stacks. (laughs) And so I've been doing a 20, 15 and a 10 because I like that more than a 45. But really, is it really a milestone if did I cheat the system? I don't know. But I'm like, it was a huge accomplishment for me, period. However, I did it. But it's weird to, I don't know if it's society. I don't know if it's where we are as women to like, look for ways to downplay the thing that we did. Yeah. And like, to look for ways to devalue it where I don't know. Again, I should not talk about this 53 minutes into an episode, (laughs) but I just wanted to bring it up because it's been at the back of my mind. Yeah. And it's one to, you know, that like, pull that knot apart a little more as you get through it. Cause, cause it is one where like, I don't know. I feel like there's times and things that we do where it's like, when you, when you know better, you do better, but that doesn't happen automatically. It's like, it's not just one switch. We have to flip. It's like mm-hmm. you and I now have this terminology or this perspective of, am I making this a game? Am I right. doing this competitively? Am I doing this with, um, with, 
continuing to climb up a ladder of success here. Um, right. Like, have I become an automaton to this thing that I right. do? Is, yeah. my, is, is my motivation doing the thing or is my motivation the next step, the next win, the next mm-hmm. star or whatever? Um, and I think like that's, it, that has not been a light switch, obviously, for you or me, mm-hmm. where we're like, oh, I see that. And now my behavior is different or my mindset is right. different. So I think it's like multiple switches. It just gives me more anxiety. <laughs> I'm at the like yeah. diminishing returns part where I'm like, I'm aware of it to the point of harrowing <laughs> because I'm not changing any behaviors. Right. Now like, I'm just I'm aware. aware of the conviction. <laughs> I'm aware. And so therefore I have to do this double thinking of giving myself this other perspective. Like here's my gut yeah. reaction and what I want to do. Here is my informed perspective because of the phrase gamification of my workout, of my eating, of my going on supermarket yeah. walks with my friend. Um, so it's like more work now. And I feel like eventually we'll be able to flip more switches of like, oh, this is me being competitive with myself. I'm going to stop. Or yeah. this is me being competitive with myself. I'm going to do the opposite thing and sit in that discomfort and get through it because literally none of this matters. Right. Or uh, or I'm being competitive with myself and that feels great to me today. Yeah, exactly. This feels good. I'm going to keep going. Um you know, I know you and I love our Peloton streaks. And even when it's like, I really want to ride today. I'm not going to be able to. All right. Well, I'm going to go upstairs while dinner's in the oven and I'm going to do a five minute or a 10 minute stretch and just mm-hmm. like move my yeah. body, bend it, let it, let it rest and heal a bit. You know, and on one hand, I'm like, good for me. I am, I am <laughs> not forcing myself on the bike. I'm not forcing myself to work too hard. And on the other side, I'm like, sweet. 369 days street. Like I'm like, still doing I, it. Still doing I, it. When I turn on a meditation and then turn the volume down while I cook dinner, I'm like, yeah. this is not. This is this is literally <laughs> just this the not it. It's just yeah, the exactly. streak. I know. But but does that feel fine to me sometimes too? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I just turn on the Harry Potter castle. So thanks, Pegs. Thank you. Um, well, okay, let's continue to explore that. Yeah. At some date. But is there anything else that you have for our listeners? The devil and his ilk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please, please, no more viruses. Um yeah. my my sweet COVID baby Amen. Um, you know, he turned he turned one um a a week after everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So his first mm-hmm. birthday party, um, which first first birthday parties are just for grownups anyway. It's like it's for us to just be like, oh my god, he's so cute. Look, he's eating a strawberry. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, so that was canceled. Um, he's never. He's gonna be four later this month, and he has never had a birthday party. Bless so him. I'm really excited, and I'm also just getting a little shh, bit on shh, my. Shh, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't yeah, say it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All I'm gonna say is like. Satan, thank you for our fevers in February. And that will be enough for now. Please and thank you. Yeah. And now get behind me. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, how about you? Anything else you want to add? No, just continual existential crises. It's all fine. Yeah, it's uh, all fine. I think um, I will just prompt you to you know, I know you've shared on Instagram, on your personal Instagram, maybe not the, the pod Instagram, but you've got a you have a classic yeah. song in your home. We do. Um, I did fail to mention because I was angsting about the audiobook that on our way home from Charlotte, from Knoxville on Saturday, we surprised the girls and picked up a basset hound puppy. Um, and her name is Jolene. Jolene. And Jolene. I know, you can't Jolene, say it. Jolene. The girls. You gotta do it. Yeah. We love Dolly Parton. I'm from Knoxville. Yeah. Um, the dog that we lost last week it was Knox for our Tennessee mm-hmm. roots which actually I do have a lot to explore about that about how I spent most of his life trying to rehome him <laughs> and then was incredibly sad when he was gone yeah. so again there's something to explore probably there but not for tonight but um we found her via Craigslist the least sketchy place to find an animal <laughs> and um knew that we were going to surprise the girls and I have a whole saga about 
Craigslist sellers and where they say they are going to meet. And then you end up in a different state meeting them hours later. It's all fine. Um, But David and I decided not to leave the naming open to the girls because trying to get them all to decide on one would be difficult. So we were like, this is Jolene, Um, which was fine because they love her name. They love the song, but we cannot call for her. We're like, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. (laughs) It's impossible. Um, But we haven't had a puppy in a very, very long time. But she is, we are head over heels for Jolene the Basset Hound. I love it. I love it. Yeah, she's great. It's been a very fun um, addition to our family. And my friend who, Laura, who started, I think, as a pod listener, um, but our lives have intersected a million different ways, commented and said, your willingness to add living creatures to your house is admirable <laughs> which is true but we, I was like we have a 14 month old why not like also just add a puppy because they're yeah. like essentially the same thing I mean the way yeah. I call for Molly Sutton I'm like Molls come here mm-hmm. well, it's couple, the same clicks and whistles yeah. yeah exactly it's all the same I'm like go fetch so it's it. been great I love it twins yeah. you have a, a puppy and a baby twin now right so a hundred percent beautiful um well we'll be back here couple weeks yeah, we'll what, see what happens when we're back yeah maybe we'll uh see what life throws at us. let's say maybe bef- next week I maybe know. uh maybe before alice murda's sentencing how about that oh yeah when is that oh, who knows they always take fucking forever to do that i know which, it'll probably be like september know. yeah which mm. we'll be back before september don't worry y'all was it a death penalty trial oh dun 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 at mandy, at mandy matney yeah she'll know yeah send her a mimosa and <laughs> She'll let us know next week. And a CBD dog better.